0: You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut to the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris.
1: Today's episode is sponsored by Jane, an all-in-one practice management software with helpful features to power your practice. One of Jane's most popular features is the online intake forms. They're designed to be convenient, allowing patients or clients to complete forms on their schedule rather than during your treatment time. Jane's online intake forms help you collect all the information you need before your appointment begins. You can choose to send your intake forms manually or enable them to send automatically at the time of booking for a more hands-off approach. There's even a friendly reminder sent 24 hours before a patient's appointment if they forget to complete it. And when the treatment is done, you won't have to worry about chasing payments. Jane's PCI compliant payment solution, Jane Payments, allows you to securely collect credit card details through your intake form. To see how the online intake forms can help you spend more time helping your patients, head to Jane.app forward slash guide to book a personalized demo. Don't forget, you can use the code nurse CEO at the time of sign up for a one month grace period applied to your new account. Hi, this is Katie Harris. And this is an episode of the nursepreneurs podcast. Today we have Takira Mitchell on with us from preferred fertility concierge. Takira, thanks so much for being here with us today.
0: I'm so excited and happy to be here, Katie. Thanks for having me.
1: I love your energy. Um, All right. So tell us a little bit about you as a nurse and your background as a nurse.
0: Sure will. So I have been a nurse for almost 20 years. I know I'm not a day over 18, but almost 20 years. We were in the same class then, because I'm the same way. (laughs) We were in the same class, exactly. And I absolutely love being a nurse. If I had to choose anything else again, I would still choose to be a nurse. I have worked in almost every area um, of nursing from transplant, med surge, women's services, orthopedics. I started in orthopedics. I've been a travel nurse, um, originally from Florida went to school at Florida State and Clayton State University, have a BSN. And I am now um, living in Atlanta working as um, a fertility concierge, which is a very special niche. Yeah, um, certainly that's of for us as nurses, but that's kind of my nursing background in a nutshell.
1: All right. So uh, a BSN, do you have a master's or a PhD or anything
0: like that? No master's, no PhD. Okay. I love it. So, um, I do have a bachelor's in psychology. I have a bachelor's in psychology and nursing is kind of my second degree.
1: Okay. Um, actually I've imagined that degree in psychology was really helpful in nursing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It was one of those things that I'm
1: always like, why don't we have more psych training? Because that's all I deal with all is, you know, the patients coming in and they're freaking out their families are freaking out. You know, it's crazy. Um, nursing all right. is
0: very much psych.
1: So you working
0: in the hospital for 20 years or? Um, So I worked in the hospital setting for probably about, I started nursing in 2000 and, uh, 2004. And I worked in the hospital setting for about two and a half years. And then I started doing travel nursing. And I did that for about maybe um, three or four years and. It was very lucrative and fun. I was young, the new nurse and very flexible. And then I went, um, got kind of got tired of working in the hospital settings with the long 12 hour shifts. And so I started working for a fertility clinic and I did that for about six years. And that was my um, all time favorite of all my nursing um, experiences. And so I did that for about six years, which brought about my current business.
1: Okay. So what was it? um, I mean, do you remember the day that you woke up and you're like, I'm going to start a business? Like, where was that transition? And why did it come about?
0: Absolutely. Um, So I was working for the fertility clinic. And I remember we had this young lady, and she was undergoing egg freezing. And she absolutely like, was terrified of injections. She was gung ho. She was successful. She had the means to freeze her eggs. And this was probably about. 2013 or 2014. I want to say it was 2013. And she was looking for someone to help her with her injections. Literally, there was no service available. So we were calling like home health care companies, and they were like, Yeah, we don't know about those medications. We can certainly, you know, give her the shots, but can you guys provide us with like some instructional videos of what to do with the medications? And I was like, Oh my gosh. Like what kind of instructional, (laughs) like draw up the the medication and inject it. (laughs) Right. Which is essentially what we were doing for um, the patients at that time. They were coming to the fertility clinics um, and it wasn't, fertility wasn't as popular as it is now. So at that time, you know, we were still doing one-on-one training with the patients. So I was like, oh my gosh, she ended up using the home healthcare company, but I don't think anybody really felt good about that. Right. It was just the only option that was available. And so with that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so terrible. Like, why are they in this situation? And we don't really have any resources to help them with these with mixing these medications and giving them, you know, these shots. And so lo and behold, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start this business to do that. Um, I was pregnant at the time. And so. Um, when I gave birth to my daughter in December, of 2014, I kind of took a sabbatical, you know, my maternity leave and I came back to the fertility clinic for about six months. And then I started my business.
1: Oh, I love it. Uh, and I, I you know, I can really relate to this cause I did IVF myself. I'm a single mom by choice and oh, I had to do, yes. <laughs> yeah, I had to do all the injections myself and that progesterone and oil. Oh my god. It's uh, and I could only reach like one part of my ass like over and over and over again, <laughs> you
0: know? And so like... that part got really really sore and <laughs> yeah. you were, like over it, right?
1: Right. And I went through I didn't go through IVF. I went through ICI then IUI and then IVF. So but I did it 10 times. So like, yeah. It was crazy. Oh I mean, I IV-
0: 10 times
1: yeah I did IVF once but the other ones I did 10 times and you know it was just like oh my god oh my god this is it was so awful and I, I know like my story is way, you know it's happy because I got pregnant and had my son mm-hmm. and there's lots of people out there that you know are suffering through like fertility treatments for years and it's hard I just yeah I mean it's horrible
0: but the lots uh, of people do get pregnant but the thing about it is that when you were going through that you were probably doing it alone probably not sharing it with anyone so you didn't have any emotional support right and certainly you didn't have anybody there physically to do it for you or support you right right right. that's exactly what we do and this is exactly why I know that preferred fertility concierge is something that women who are choosing to be parents as single by choice people who have spouses that just don't want to give shots or can't or you know don't feel comfortable doing it that's exactly why we exist, because that's the solution. We, we want it to be the solution to that exact problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's huge. Like, I mean, I would have loved this service. Um, you know, I, I did this in 2011, 2012. So mm-hmm. that's in that time frame. Um, and yeah, it's like this huge loss every month, right? Like, you know, that right. you're going through and, you know, to have something or someone or, you know, anything, uh, was, would have been better than what I went through, <laughs> you
0: know, but even if I to just say, you know what, Kate, I know today's probably hard. I know you're, you know, but we're going to do it or just to say, you know what, say nothing just to have someone there that really understands and gets it. Right.
1: Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. So you decide to uh, start this business. What did you do first?
0: The first thing I did is I kind of said, okay, um, I came up with a name. So, um, you know what? I actually, I kind of didn't start the business like that. I was actually working for a large healthcare system. And as you can see, I have purple hair, right? Mm -hmm. I've always been kind of like, you know, a little bit different and had my own style. I was working for this large healthcare company. And I had bright red hair. Like it was the brightest red you've ever seen. And I walked in, I had recently interviewed with them and I come in and they said, you know, the, the manager was like, you know what, Here, we really like you, but I have to tell you that, um, your hair is not going to work. It has to to be a naturally occurring (laughs) hair color. I was told that my hair needed to be a naturally occurring (laughs) hair color. And this was in 20... 15. I was like, "What? Well, she's like, really? no, so you're going to, you're going to either have to dye your hair or you're going to have to, you know, figure it out. At that point, I said, there is no way that my hair color has anything to do with my ability to be a nurse and to care for my patients. So this was before the time of kind of, you know, where we are with, you know, discrimination and things like that. Because now no one is going to tell you that you can't have your hair color a certain color. But in 2015, 20, Yeah, this is still going on. And I remember that day. And that was the day that I sat down and came up with a business name for my company. And I came up with Preferred Fertility Concierge. And from that point, I came up with the name. I um, applied, went on to the state website and made sure that no one had that name. I applied to get the business name. I applied for an EIN all in the same day because I was like, I was just so sickened by her telling me that. I was like, there's no way. Nobody's gonna dictate what color hair I can have. Like I have a degree, I'm qualified. And so I did all that. And then um, the next time I was off from work, I went and I opened up a bank account in my business name. And the rest is history. I resigned from that job like um probably two months later and i started my business
1: so did you know exactly which services you were going to have and and what you were going to price them at
0: i knew exactly what services i was going to have but i didn't quite know the price and honestly there was really no one else who was doing it right so i was kind of like the only there was no other fertility concierge businesses um there was a company um of nurses there were these two nurses in new york city and they had a company called ivf to go and so they were doing it in new york but no other place like around the country had like this as an option and so i reached out to those two nurses i sent them an email and i kind of you know talked to them about it and um i saw their prices but their prices were a little bit more i think they were charging like you know, a significant amount of money, but they're in New York City, so the cost of living is more, you know, all the things. And I said, okay, well, I'm not sure about that. So I just I just chose a price and I went with it. Did you ever have for... like,
1: oh no, I'm going to charge like 50 and then 150 and then 75, you know, like go back and forth with it or did you like stick to your guns? I never,
0: I never went down on the price. I never went down on the price. I think when I started that, I started it at like $85 per visit. Right. Okay. So that was for a nurse to actually come to your home, mix the medications and administer the injections. So I I started it at like $85 per visit. So um, of course it increased and I realized that, you know, that's probably not where I should be pricing it, but that's where I was at that time and it was fine and people were paying for the service like the people who needed someone to help them with this they wanted it like they were like where can I pay right (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm ready sign me up like right now I'm ready but how did you find these people so I worked for the fertility clinic so when I um I always, you know, stayed close to the to my fertility clinic. It was a wonderful experience, so we were on good terms. So when I started the business, I basically just got some business cards made, and I went um, to my fertility clinic that I used to work at, and they would refer patients to me. At once, my business was up. They for the first three years of my business, I did no marketing. Oh wow! It was all just word of mouth because I was kind of still working, kind of part time, and they would just refer patients to me. So I would go see patients before I would go into work or. After work or on my days off, I would just go see the the patients. I had a website that I had built on Wix. They could go on and book the service. Um, And basically, it was just a one-woman fertility concierge, right? And I would go and, you know, I was driving way more than I ever wanted to drive. I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. And so the thing about it is that I was doing two things that I just don't like to do. I was waking up early in the mornings because they have to take their injections sometimes early in the mornings, like between six and 10 in the morning and then drive. Like I just don't like to drive in general. So I was having to drive and I was having to wake up early in the morning to see these clients. But when I tell you it never bothered me because I got so much joy in helping people build their families. I was like, and then once I became a mom, I was like, oh my gosh, I want everyone who wants this experience to have it. Like, I didn't want them to get to the point where they wanted to do it or needed to do like IVF and they didn't have the resources to do it. Like I was like, I just don't want anyone to be in that space. It's it's not a good thing. I just saw too many people, you know, in that situation.
1: Right. So, um, so you did that for three years as a one woman show. Like, when did you decide to, and, and I guess this is a question, did you expand from that? And when did you decide to do that?
0: So um, I brought on um, another two nurses. I brought on two nurses to help. And basically, we were just kind of covering um, the Atlanta area, the immediate area. Which is, area, oh, right? I
1: was going to say, Atlanta's huge.
0: <laughs> Atlanta is huge, but it's kind of like the city, like within um, like our downtown. Because, I mean, fertility because you're just somewhat of a luxury experience, right? So it's a certain demographic that are actually going to utilize the service, kind of but we kind of cover like within the city and close to the areas of where the fertility clinics were. So at that time, there were like four fertility clinics and they were all kind of concentrated in the same area, which is like kind of Sandy Springs, Dunwoody area, up right, just outside of Atlanta. And so all of these four fertility clinics, for the most part, that's where their main offices were. So most of the clients live somewhat close to that area. So we kind of just focus on that area. And we were busy, like, I mean, like we were busy. So I had my two nurses, they were awesome. They were great. And then from there, it just continued to grow. And then we went from just doing individual um, visits to doing like packages. So we would offer them a complete package so that they could have a nurse to come in every day for the full 10 to 14 days that they have to take the shots. And it included their trigger shots. Then we started adding in injection trainings to train them how, or, you know, someone to do it for them in their home. And then we added in um, post-procedure support. So that meant if they needed a ride home after a procedure, we would pick them up from their fertility clinic because they can't use like, you know, a Uber or a Lyft or driving service of someone they don't know or a cab. It has to be like a known person because yeah. they had anesthesia. Right. So we added that in. And so it just continued to grow from there. Like, And so before you knew it, I had made relationships with, because I worked in the fertility space for like six years, I had made relationships with, you know, the doctors and the nurses at the fertility clinics. And this was pre-COVID. So, you know, for all the different meetings and, you know, organizations that were having seminars and stuff I would just go and you know let them know about my business and they would just refer people to me oh well so I mean it it, I
1: mean it's largely been a word of mouth type of business
0: absolutely word of mouth because the fertility world is pretty small right so there aren't a lot of fertility doctors there certainly aren't a lot of fertility nurses we kind of all just work within you know the same circle So when you know people, you just know people, right? Even with the pharmacy reps and things like that. So pre-COVID, we would kind of all be interconnected. So any type of fertility thing that was going on, you kind of saw the same faces over and over again, like the psychologists and the psychotherapists and the REs and the nurses, the pharmaceutical reps, all the people, you would see them over and over again until you build those relationships.
1: Right. Yep. Um, So what happened during COVID? Because, I mean, fertility clinics got shut down, right? Oh, okay. that, must, that must have been so horrible.
0: This, this is where it gets really exciting, Katie. Okay. So in December of 2019, I quit my job, like, all out. I quit oh, well. my part-time job. So we know that March of 2020, COVID was in full swing. So, I mean, like my business was doing so well. I was like, there's no way I can just work. I have to just do it. So I, I took a leap and things were going so great. And I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. So COVID happens, And so basically the fertility clinics shut down. We had people that were in the middle of like transfer cycles. I can't even imagine. They had to I'm... stop taking their progesterone injections. Yeah. it um, makes me sick. So the clinics were basically like got to a point point they were like, okay, you can either stop your treatment now and we'll start over and basically kind of just start over without charging you. But Be- because we can't take responsibility for what happens during this time because things are so uncertain of what COVID was, you know, the effects of it, all the things. So the fertility clinics closed down for like three months. They were not seeing anyone because at this point, you had to physically go into your doctor for a consult. You had to go into the office for ultrasounds and blood works. So everything was in person when you're doing fertility treatment. So the fertility clinics closed down for three months, right? I have to tell you, it was really a blessing in disguise because I was so busy before that. I was like burning the candle from both ends. So for those three months, I just relaxed. You know, it was nice. I started a garden. I did all the things I wanted to do. I relaxed. But let me tell you, when those three months were were over and as those fertility clinics figured out how they were going to move forward, they started doing virtual consults. So the patients no longer had to go into the office, which meant they can see a lot more patients. Not I, to mention why they
1: didn't figure this out before COVID is beyond me. <laughs> you
0: know, when, when, when you have situations that make you get creative, you get creative, right? You figure it out. Right. So they figured that out. And um we started creating videos to train people on how to mix their medications versus in person. So videos were created to show the patients how to you know mix their medications and give the shots because nothing was happening in person right um for a while and so that created more of a backlog for fertility treatment of course right so when the fertility clinic started seeing patients again omg when i tell you we were so busy. I could not keep up with them. There were so many patients and then everyone was off from work. They were working for home. So, you know, scheduling and time was not an issue for them to do treatment. Everyone was doing treatment. I mean, like it was the best year I've ever had in business. (laughs) It was unbelievable. So I had to hire more nurses. It was just, it was incredible in in a good way.
1: (laughs) I love that. Yep. Um, yeah that I mean that's that's really funny. I, yeah, because I can imagine you know the, that feeling of, oh my God, all the fertility clinics shut down in March and here you just quit your job three months before that and there was so much uncertainty around it that you couldn't have known that you'd have that explosion later. So I mean I mean I know you said you started a garden and you were relaxed, but where is there a sense of panic and oh my God, how am I going to make money going on Honestly, as well?
0: No. and that's only because you know like I I had the resources so I mean like I was working a job I've always worked as a nurse you know so I, I I did well with my money so it wasn't a situation where I was like oh my gosh I'm I'm you know not prepared like I had an emergency fund so you know I literally wasn't working you know for those three months so it wasn't like I had other expenses because nothing was going on so outside of like the regular expenses of, you know, your mortgage and your food. It wasn't like I was doing anything extra. So honestly, yeah. I think I was spending a lot less money than I was would normally. So it kind of just balanced. And I just used that time to regroup and revive and kind of, you know, settle down because I was so tired yeah. prior to it from being so busy that I really, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. Like I needed it. Yeah. I needed that, that, that three month break and especially for what was to come. And I didn't even know that it was coming. So it was kind of, it just kind of worked out like that. Yeah,
1: which is good too, because uh, that stress and that, um, you know, everything really will manifest itself in time and, you know, people get really sick from from doing like burning themselves out. Yeah, you know, all kinds of diseases and who knows what. So uh, yeah, that's awesome um, that you were able to take that break and not be stressed out about money. um, Right. Yeah that that's that's huge. Um okay so uh did the momentum stick uh like after covid or or what happened um yeah. you know let's say 2022 and onwards.
0: So there's been steady growth since that time. I mean like continuous steady growth. Um I think that not only were everyone slowed down during covid, right? So on all levels, people kind of started doing things that they wanted to do. And I think it kind of changed perspective, right? Mm-hmm. So after COVID, surprisingly, you saw a lot more celebrities starting to talk about like fertility things like egg freezing and having babies right around that time. I think that's around the time that um, a popular celebrity, she had um, twins, So people were talking about using gestational carriers and like, there was just so much chatter about infertility and egg freezing and IVF and, you know, using surrogates that I think that it just caught fire and it's been like an explosion since. So now within pop culture, like there's so many more celebrities talking about like, you know, their infertility treatments and, you know, difficulty trying to conceive. And so it's been kind of like, you know, free advertisement, right, yeah. for For my business, right, um, and we've been on a steady growth pattern, like, since that time, I mean, like, my business has grown continuously, my revenues have grown continuously and steadily to the point that, you know, we're looking to expand outside of Atlanta to other states, like, oh, wow. nurses reach out to me wanting to join my team, and so, like, it's just been incredible, honestly, it's just been so nice that preferred fertility concierge it just it just came at the right time right. and um yeah
1: so what other it, states it, are you looking at
0: i'm looking for um uh, florida texas um south carolina north carolina tennessee so basically the southeast regions of the country warm weather climates not that other areas <laughs> don't matter but here's the thing about ivf there's a part of it that's um time specific so you know you've gone through IVF and there's something called a trigger shot and it has to be done at an exact time. You don't have a, you know, you can't, it has to be done when it has to be done. And so as I thought about it up to this point, it's not something that I want to, I haven't got to the point where I want to figure out how that's gonna work with um places that are more affected by inclement weather, like right. snowstorms and things like that, because our nurses physically go to the clients. Right. So as I'm figuring that part out, for now, the focus of expansion is on the southeast region of the country.
1: Okay. Uh, no, I mean, you guys did get a huge ice storm, didn't you? Like, and the whole city yeah. shut
0: down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you mean our Ice-Mageddon that we had? Is that what did. it's called? <laughs> Ice-Mageddon. That's what, that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, Right. But that's very rare for Atlanta. We don't typically have like those types of issues. And even when that happens, you know, because we were definitely seeing clients during that time. And like I said, during that time, most of the fertility clinics are were in one kind of concentrated area. So basically um, our fertility concierge just stayed in a hotel in the area and we walked. Oh, that that was a good idea. Yeah, because the fertility clinics also had their patients stay at the hotel so that they were walking distance from the doctor's office. Because you can't stop treatment in the middle; like you got to continue taking your injections. You got to continue; like you can't just stop for one day. You got to do the things continuously. So it worked out.
1: I love it. I love this story. Um, I mean, it's amazing, and I mean, you took an idea. You had relationships, which is. To me, that's like 99% of your business is like who you know, or who you're willing to get to know. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you had the relationships already, you leveraged them, and uh, you were successful and uh, you persisted in and you persevered through COVID and the unknown. So I mean, this is just an amazing story. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah. Tell us, um, you know, if people want to join your team, learn more about your services and see what you've done, where can they find you?
0: So our website is preferredfertilityconcierge.com and you'll see all the services that we offer. It's uh, pretty in-depth. You'll also see a brand story video on there that talks about why Preferred Fertility Concierge exists and it'll tell about talk about how families can get the support that they need. You can also follow me on YouTube, um, Fertility Nurse Tecara. On Instagram, it's Preferred Fertility Concierge. You'll get to know our clients and our patients and our nurses personally and see some of the things that we, um, and educational resources that we offer to our clients. So please do uh, check it out. And also, if you're interested in joining our team, you can also do that through info at preferredfertilityconcierge.com or through our website and just create an inquiry.
1: Yep, I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with us today.
0: Thank you for having me, Katie. I appreciate it so much.
1: This is Katie Harris saying thanks for listening. Remember, if you're a nurse who is ready to start this type of business that you heard about here today on this podcast, or any other idea that is burning a fire inside of you, let's talk it out. Click the link inside the show notes to schedule your private discovery call with my team. No sales. This call is just to determine what your idea is and if we can help. Until next time, keep making your impact, nursepreneurs.